The following is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. Parking the Bus podcast can be followed on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, or if you have an Amazon Echo by simply saying, Alexa, play the Parking the Bus podcast. Don't forget to check out the show's homepage at www.parkingthebusmedia.com. What's up, PTB Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Park in the Bus podcast, the flagship show of the PTB Media Network. I'm your host, as always, the Mr. Mike Agustinu. Welcome to Season 4. You know, I didn't know if Season 4 was going to happen. I'm going to be honest with you all. I didn't know if it was going to happen. Really, really... As you probably know, Season 3 went off a cliff. Season 2 also went off a cliff. I had a real hard time finishing out these seasons the last two years, mostly because of what my real-life work schedule looks like at the end of the year and because I decided some time ago, I don't know when, that this podcast season was going to run in the calendar year like the South American football uh, calendar once upon a time my vision was that this was maybe going to morph into a more south american um south american football podcast uh everybody covers england uh covers european football now it's uh it's quite a hey it's quite a it's quite a saturated market if you will and uh it's very hard to get a you know get any traction talking about the prim with five million other podcasters that talk about the epl well that didn't really work out too well. Um, it's just, it was very hard to keep up with. And last year, there was a World Cup, as all of you know, at the end of 2022. And uh, the World Cup was played in Qatar. And my plan was to cover it one day at a time. You know, daily daily podcasts, the way I covered Euro 2020, which was played, as you know, in 2021. I also planned last year to cover the women's Euro 2021 Neither one of those worked out. I was not able to do that. It's just my professional life did not allow me to devote that kind of time to the podcast. Um, and I'll be honest, I really gave it some a lot of thought about shutting down the Parking the Bus uh, project, um, finding it, you know, not possible to do almost. Um, I thought about solutions. Um, I even on the podcast said, I'm, I'm anyone interested in joining the team here? And uh, you're more than welcome. I, I need. I, I can always use content. I can always use people. Um, if you have knowledge of a league or knowledge of a club, if you want your content here on this platform, I'm more than happy to uh, to work with anybody. And um, I didn't have the connections I had in 2021 um, anymore. I had a relationship with an, with a, another network that I no longer have. So I was not able really to get 
talent on loan the way I was to help me out in 2021. And um, within, I tried for about two days to cover the World Cup, and I ended up taking those episodes down when I realized there was no way I was going to keep up with it. And on top of that, I, I didn't feel well in December. I worked, I literally worked my tail off. Um, and for the first time, first time since I've had this schedule, since I've had these crazy December uh, work hours, because it is our peak season at one of my jobs, and it literally takes over my life for five weeks from Thanksgiving Day until Christmas Day. Um, I, for the first time, actually got got sick during December and during the World Cup. I really, I slept through both semifinals because I was not feeling well. I ended up having to to work through my illness, but um, could not stay awake to to watch uh, to watch the the World Cup matches those two afternoons. Um, that was probably at my lowest point, um, as how, you know, health wise, how I was feeling, but little by little, um, I'm better now, obviously it's been two months. I would hope so. Right. But, um, I changed the way I eat a little bit. Um, I'm trying to get more sleep. That is a key. Uh, I have made that a priority, which it wasn't before. And, um, I'm feeling a lot better. I'm feeling really good right now and I'm ready to, to give this another go. And uh, here we go, season four. I wasn't ready to let this die, but the ch- there is some noticeable changes in the format. Okay, um, in the past, it's it's kind of funny when you see the story arc of this podcast or the trajectory of it. Started off as kind of a Euro snob podcast that that I admittedly was totally like that at that point, and that's when I realized, as I said, that you know talking European football. As fun as it is, there's a million and one other pundits, other podcasts, other bloggers, other content creators out there already at it with, um, you know, with huge followings. Not to mention the invasion into the podcast space of of uh, mainstream media. Okay, they have they have infiltrated, if you will, and there's a lot of very very um, high budget podcasts, if you will, and. Eh, it just became it just was a, a losing battle trying to to cover you know the premier league the serie a the serie the la liga the bundesliga i really thought i was going to be able to do that and then i tried doing the daily podcast thing for a while and that lasted all of a couple of weeks um i thought i could record you know five 1 hour podcasts on sunday nights stay up all night and do it and then go about my business the rest of the week and that didn't really hold up so i started thinking what am i going to do to save this podcast um i decided i don't want to stop i do want to put out some kind of content i do want to build this still and i want to build a community not just a a podcast but i want to build a community with people who interact with each other and i finally came to the conclusion that in order to keep this podcast going um, I was going to need to pre-record a lot of stuff. That was the decision I ended up making. And that's what I've been up to the last uh, two months or so, or last six weeks. Pre-recording stuff that is not going to expire, so to speak. So I'm not going to be covering so much current stuff this season, except for what's going to be the from here forward, the Monday Monday night show or Monday mornings I'm going to record it. 
where I will recap the weekend's action, but there's going to be a much stronger focus on Major League Soccer this year with the new Apple TV Plus plan. And I, I have to tell you, they came out of the blocks sprinting on Saturday, and I'll talk about that for, for quite a bit tonight. Um, hugely, hugely pleased with, with that product. Very, very happy with my investment in it. Um, and to think when I started this podcast, I had no interest in Major League Soccer. And uh, now it's going to be the prime focus of the podcast for the for the, the Monday. We'll call it the Monday night show because I'll record it on Monday mornings and put it out on Mondays. I'm not 100% certain if I'm going back to the video format. It is a lot of work um, creating the graphics, creating the the screens and whatnot. Um, perhaps for, for if I have guests and we do interviews, then that, there will be video for that because that's the easiest way to record those types of conversations. But I think, I think I'm going to get back to my roots, get back to the podcast format. Um, I will be posting content this year on the website as well. I'm making a point to make one day a week my writing day. I don't know yet what day that's going to be, but I'm going to make a point to make one day a week my writing day, and I'm going to have written content this year for everybody, hopefully to enjoy on the www dot parkinthebusmedia.com website and um it'll be more than just a list of of past episodes and a list of past uh youtube videos so um i will be doing that i do have plans again this season to hit the road uh for at least two matches i have tickets to two two major league soccer matches one in charlotte the other in columbus i I am going back to hell is real as i did last year if you haven't yet check out my videos from last season. Uh, I did a three-parter where I called it the Summer Stadium Tour, where I, I hit up uh, Yankee Stadium, I hit up Subaru Park in Philly, and then I made the trip out to Cincinnati, which was just amazing for the Hell is Real Derby. And I decided that night I have to go to Hell is Real in Columbus now and see it from the other side. So those two trips are already booked and planned for this summer. More may come up, so I will continue to produce video content for things like that okay i also plan hopefully it might if things work out i can hit up a few uh lower league matches as well this season uh some usl some npsl maybe maybe some upsl just to hit the different levels of the football pyramid here in the united states and uh document my experiences uh you know give some exposure to to those clubs because it is absolutely hard running a semi-professional or even amateur club here in the United States and trying to get by they with the co it's enormous cost okay travel alone is an enormous cost renting fields are with with the specifications that leagues require is an enormous cost even if you're not paying players um, so I do want to give some love to those that do that who do it for the love of the game the way that I do this podcast for the love of the game so again, American soccer or American football, I still love to call it football, okay? I don't know that I'll ever get the word soccer back in my back in my uh, vernacular, but perhaps perhaps it will come back uh, in doing the podcast under this format. So um, the flagship show you're you're listening to right now, this is episode 94 to be exact of the Park and the Bus podcast, the premiere of season four. Focus a lot on Major League Soccer, but in the second hour, I will try to run around the world as quick as possible just with the stories of the week, the tables, the results, 
Okay, I don't want to completely leave out, you know, all of the football that's going on in other parts of the world, but I am trying to focus on what um, is less uh, less covered. Although Major League Soccer, there's no shortage of coverage, you know, from the independent space here in the podcasts and in the blogosphere and whatnot. However, uh, if you're not aware, a lot of podcasts um, lost their funding this offseason. So SB Nation, who used to have sites for every one of the Major League Soccer clubs, fan-run content, uh, basically informed those sites they were no longer going to fund them and you know no longer going to host them. So there's a lot of uh, Major League Soccer podcasts that are picking up the pieces and, and continuing on just as I'm continuing on here. And um, I want to give a lot of, I want to give support as best I can to all of them. So I started to listen to more of them as well. And I've decided I'm going to dedicate more of my attention to this league because, well, traveling last season and going to matches live outside of New England. Okay. Because the experience of a match, I'm sorry, at Gillette stadium for the New England revolution is one thing. And, Subaru Park in Philadelphia and TQL Stadium in Cincinnati is a whole nother. I can't wait to see what Charlotte's like. Looked fantastic this past Saturday. Um, and I want to continue to make my way around at least the Eastern Conference and someday check off, you know, all the stadiums, at least in the Eastern Conference, in the U.S. part of the Eastern Conference at the very least. Um, traveling to Canada will be on hold for, for the foreseeable future for Reasons I don't really want to talk about, so I won't. But just that's why some people ask me why I didn't go to Toronto. There's reasons, and I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> Leave it at that. Um, moving forward, uh, I said I'd have a lot of pre-recorded content this season, so I am launching a new con, a new podcast, if you will. Um, on this feed, though, it'll be part of the Park in the Bus family. It's called Birth of a Soccer Nation. Uh, I had I played a trailer at the end of last season. I'm not going to play it again. Um, it, it's there. Just go back in the podcast feed and listen. Uh, that podcast will drop Thursday, March 9th. will be the first episode. It's already in the can, and I'm working to put out uh, episodes. I want to get you know six, seven, eight weeks of episodes recorded and have that taken care of so that we have content guaranteed for that That span of time. What I'm going to do in that podcast, I'm going to recap the history of American soccer, starting with the birth of the NASL. Originally, the podcast was going to start uh, after the death of NASL, and my original idea was to cover the the years where, where the sport was on life support here in the United States. That was my original goal, and to cover it you know, when no one else was, and to look at the things no one else was looking at and all of those matches that weren't really on TV. They were hard to find up until the point the United States hosted World Cup 1994. As soon as I started doing that, I realized the story does not start there and I backed it up and I realized it also does not end in 1994. 94 is basically a new chapter. So the podcast will start with the formation of the NASL, and I, my goal is over the next couple of years with weekly episodes to take it into the birth of Major League Soccer. Crossing my fingers that 
I'm done with that timeline by the start of the 2026 World Cup. Yeah, that's way in the future. I know that's a lot, but I'm going to try to stay ahead of, of the recording schedule and just keep the episodes coming out regularly, um, get them done when I can, and just try to go forward with that. Uh, also, as I said, I was unable to record the last or record. I was unable to cover the last World Cup, so I will cover it in retrospect from a historical perspective perspective because if you can't tell yet i'm a history geek and my worlds collide when football and history come together and um what i've also decided to do since everyone's asked me was this the best world cup ever was messi you know was the messi world cup the greatest world cup ever is messi the greatest player ever in world cup was it the greatest single world cup you know performance and the truth is i don't know i've only seen a handful of them uh, it feels like it. It feels like it was the best World Cup I've ever seen. So what I decided to do is start another project. Uh, and again, this will all be pre-recorded, hopefully weeks in advance. And I'm hoping to launch this one later, late spring, early summer, after I get enough episodes recorded that I can start a schedule. But this is going to be called World Cup Re Rewind, or uh, where we're going to rewatch the World Cup, starting with the 1966 World Cup. Okay, thankfully, Footballia, uh, the website footballia.com, has every World Cup match from 1966 to today on it in its entirety. And I'm going to start watching one match at a time. And my goal again there is to have that done also by the 2026 World Cup. But we'll see. Maybe it won't be done quite that soon. Um, I, I really don't know how many episodes it's going to take. <laughs> Uh, as the World Cup gets larger as you move from 66 to 2022, it gets larger with more teams, more games. It's going to take longer, but I'm really looking forward to that. So that's coming your way late spring, early summer. And uh, that's really where I'm standing at right now. And also Fridays, going forward, Fridays, I will release short episodes. They won't even be episodes. They'll be short, uh, just short recordings where I will unveil each week's um, Top 10 in my power rankings for Major League Soccer. So my power rankings, that will start this Friday, which is March the 3rd, I believe. This Friday, March the 3rd, okay? Um, that'll probably also be available in video format. Not sure yet. Um, don't, don't hold me to that, but I will have content out, okay? And I will start to power rank the teams in Major League Soccer 1 through 10. So that'll come out. And they'll also there's also a betting show coming that will be a short one also as well. A five to ten minute uh weekly episode to come out maybe Friday nights or real early Saturday mornings, where I'm gonna pick five plays every single weekend from the world of football. Okay. I'll give you five plays, five winners every week. I'll track my record and see how I do. And um you can go along on the journey with me. I'll put my money where my mouth is. Um, and, uh, I had success with that for another, another platform, if you will. And, um, even was victorious and, and never got my money. Thus, I no longer have a relationship with that platform, but you know, my content was good. They liked it. So why not put it on my platform? So that's what I'm going to be doing, uh, once a week. So as you can see, I'm, I'm putting together a couple things that are going to be more manageable and that I can continue to to work on and continue to bring you week after week. All right. 
We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to get into MLS Season Pass. It's match day one in Major League Soccer. All right, that'll be right on the other side of this break while I pay a bill. This is the Parking the Bus podcast. It's episode 94. Sorry, episode 93, where... I, this is why I'm not putting the episode numbers in the title anymore. It's episode 93. It is the premiere of season four. I'm the Mr. Mike Agustinho. Follow me on Twitter at M-I-K-E-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-H-O. That's at Mike Agustinho at M-I-K-E-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-H-O. I'll be right back. And welcome back to Parking the Bus. It is season four, like I said, and we're getting in to Major League Soccer because Major League Soccer has kicked off its 2023 season. And I realized that Major League Soccer season fits really nicely into the time frame or the calendar in which I have built this parking the bus, these seasons to be. So that's another reason I chose to really focus on this league and because I think this league is on the rise. I got really into it last season more so than any other season. And of course, going to matches live will do that for you. But also, it became apparent and there's still a lot of people who don't believe me when I say that the quality of play in this league is very good. Okay? Um I watch a ton of football, okay? Everyone by now knows I am a member and diehard fan of the Portuguese club Benfica, okay? I watch the Portuguese league every weekend. And I have been saying on my Mr. Benfica podcast for some time now, Major League Soccer is a better league than the Portuguese league, especially if you remove the big three from Portugal. If you remove the big three, it's a far superior league. It's a far superior product. In Major League Soccer, the majority of the stadiums are full, okay? In Major League Soccer, there are exciting players. There are exciting attacking players. Not one or two, but one or two on each team, or on most teams at least, okay? Right now, we have a guy by the name of Thiago Almada in this league who I wish Benfica would sign. I wish they would watch this guy. I wish they would put up the $30 million to bring this guy to replace the whole left by Enzo Fernandez after his move to Chelsea. Because I think the same resale value is there on the other end. He's a world champion. Major League Soccer has a World Cup winner who won the World Cup as a Major League Soccer player. Let that sink in. That happened this offseason. We have exciting young players, okay? The teams are getting better and better. We have exciting developments happening. Get the League's Cup starting this season. You got MLS doing better in CONCACAF Champions League. We'll see how they do this year. Okay, we will see. I was very confident about LAFC until uh, Chicho Arango went to Puebla. And now he's probably he's going to be on the other side, probably smashing in goals against the MLS teams. Uh, we saw Gareth Bale obviously retire as well from LAFC. So LAFC is not the same powerhouse they were. When they won MLS Cup last season. Okay. And I know the last episode I did last season was a watch party watching the Eastern Conference final along with the Liga Emeki's final uh, second leg, I think was what we were watching. And the idea was that this season was going to be a watch along show, watching it, what came to be MLS 360. 
I realized after setting that lofty goal that that meant I would be talking on a microphone for five hours every Saturday night. That's not feasible. One, when you have a seven-year-old child like I do. And um, I'm getting old, yo. I'm getting old, y'all. I turned 40 on Saturday, the day that this league, uh, the day that this league kickstarted it's 29th if i'm not mistaken 29th or 28th 28th season if i'm if i stand corrected i turned 40 watching major league soccer on saturday i was up until mls wrap up went off the air at a, just before 1:30 it is tuesday i am still recovering from staying up until 1:30 on saturday there's no way i would have been able to pull that off Every Saturday of the season. No way. Will I do it for one Saturday or maybe a big Saturday here or there and put a YouTube show together? That remains to be seen. I don't know. So I did the ne- I decided to do the next best thing. I'm going to cover this league and I'm going to make this league the forefront of this show and see if that attracts uh, more fans of the league, um, more fans of these teams, and just give my take on what I see. This first night, in my opinion, night one, I don't think it realistically could have gone any better for Major League Soccer or for Apple TV+. MLS season pass launches. We have football on our screen. Sorry, soccer. I'll say football. On our screen from 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 1.30 Pacific. Until almost 1.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Give or take about a 10 or 15 minute dark period between the end of the Nashville match around 6.30 and the start of MLS Countdown at 6.45, I think, is when it counted, is when it uh, launched or when it came on. I didn't get to see MLS Countdown yet. I have not seen it yet. So I have no opinion on that yet. Okay. Um, I did see. I did make it home. I was at my parents' house because this was my birthday, of course. And uh, I was visiting my parents for the day. But I made it home in time for the first kick of MLS 360. That is what I was most excited to see was MLS 360. My little man who is a diehard, when I say diehard, this kid loves Charlotte FC. Okay, so we, the plan was we were going to watch Charlotte FC versus the Rebs. I was going to let him watch the first half before I made him go to bed, and I would let him wake up Sunday morning and watch the second half. Sorry, <laughs> I couldn't let him stay up. He does not do well when he stays up. Actually, he didn't do well staying up till halftime. Let's just say it's Sunday was a struggle. But um, that was the plan. And I was going to have MLS 360 on my tablet. And I and for full disclosure, I have no Apple devices at this time. I am probably going to invest in an iPad. But I have a regular TV with a Roku set with a Roku stick. That is what I am accessing Apple TV on on my television. I have a a Kindle Fire as a tablet. Okay. And I have an Android phone. I had no issues at all accessing Apple TV Plus this weekend or or since I've signed up. I don't understand 
Everyone's crying about this. And I guess, before I get into the matches, I guess what has become kind of clear to me is that there are different segments that don't necessarily, don't necessarily overlap as much as I thought uh, of segments of the fan base that watch Major League Soccer. I see one group of people, and they tend to be my age or older. They support, they like the league, and they support their local team. Or I should say, they like their local team. They support their local team. They might even be season ticket holders. I know a whole bunch of Revs season ticket holders, being that I live 30 minutes from Gillette Stadium. Okay. I am not a Revs fan. Everyone knows that by now. One day, when this, when I have a large enough audience, I will, as a reward, <laughs> I will explain exactly what happened between me and the Revs during my coaching days and how I got to be so anti-New England Revolution, I guess you could say. I don't harbor such strong feelings anymore. The people I had issues with are no longer there. So I also can speak freely now. And I will do that when the when the time is right. So if you like this episode and you want to hear what happened with the Revs and why I don't like them, share the share the podcast. Get your friends to share it. Give it five stars on Spotify or Apple preferably. Um, and uh, get that listenership up. And I will I will have a special episode where I talk all about it. Until then, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna mention it for now. Okay. But I know enough I know a lot of season ticket fans. Almost all of them were upset about this this Apple TV deal, which is the best thing, in my opinion, that has happened to this league since David Beckham. Okay. You look at the history of Major League Soccer, and I'll get into this, into the birth of a soccer nation, probably at the tail end of that series, whenever that day comes. But you have diff- you look at the book of Major League Soccer, and while each season is its own chapter, there are very distinguishable parts. The first part is the founding of the league, getting it off the ground. Okay, The quirkiness that now, that at the time I hated as a teenager, I wanted this league to look like all the others. And now I, I kind of endear myself a little bit to those days. The days when you couldn't have the gimmicky stuff, when it felt like a minor league baseball almost. When you couldn't have ties. Draw you couldn't have draws. Yeah, the clock ran backwards. The teams wore these weird uniforms. I mean, the New England Revolution, I found out in 1996, the year that the league launched, had this kit that was just, it looked like someone took a couple cans of paint and threw them on the front of the jersey. And you had red and blue, you had red and white, just paint streaks on a navy blue jersey. Reebok made that kit, by the way. I found out during the 1996 Olympics, the U.S. team handball team in the Olympics had the same exact jerseys, just with the words USA across the front. I thought that was, you know, interesting. You had the shootout, okay? You had these <laughs> you had these playoff series with best of three or whatever, and then first to five points would come later. You had the league really struggling, okay? You brought in the retire this was like 
already the retirement era, the retirement home era. You brought in guys like Valderrama and Hugo Sanchez, okay? And you brought back all the U.S. 1994 World Cup heroes. Pretty much all of them came back and played in the league. And without them, the league does not get off the ground. So thank you, Kobe Jones. Thank you, Eric Ronaldo. Thank you, Tab Ramos. Thank you, John Harks. And thank you, Alexi Lalas. Thank you, Tony Miola. Anyone I forgot to mention, I apologize, but thank you. That was necessary. And then the league goes through a hard part after that, and you have some contraction. You go, you expand to 12 teams, but you expand it a little too fast, and suddenly you lose the two Florida uh, franchises. You lose the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and you lose the Miami Fusion. And it would be more than 20 years before MLS went back to Miami. Okay. And the league looked like it was on life support. Then World Cup 2020, to me, I remember where I was, and I remember a change. World Cup 2002 happened, and the United States went to the quarterfinals. And the game got popular again. And for the rest of that league, the rest of that league season, there seemed to be some momentum. I was at MLS Cup that year because it was at Gillette Stadium. The New England Revolution took on the LA Galaxy in a full house. And I don't mean a full house by MLS standards when they reduce it to 20,000. I mean 60,000 plus. I don't remember the official attendance, but I was there and I was standing in the very top row of Gillette Stadium. Very top row. You can't go any higher than where I was seated for that game. Then the, the momentum dies down. That's kind of Act 1 of Major League Soccer. Act 2 starts with the arrival of David Beckham. The introduction of the designated player. And since then, I, I forget the, the number, but Taylor Twelman said it on the broadcast. We've built something like 20 soccer stadiums in this country ever since. We went from 14 teams, I think, were in the league the year Beckham was signed to now being ready to name number 30 at the end of this calendar year per the MLS office. And this is, I'm not going to debate right now about whether we should have 30 teams in a league or whether there should be pro rel right now. Listen, nobody is more in favor of pro rel than me. It put me off to this league for, for a long time, almost a decade. I probably. I probably stopped I stopped watching this league when I stopped working in lower tier soccer in this country. When I was no longer a part of a USL club, I also stopped following major league soccer. My pathway was cut as a coach. Okay, my that was the end. That was the end of the road for me in coaching. And it turned out to be because shortly thereafter I started a family and I couldn't live off the little money I was making coaching. It was I couldn't support a family of three on that, okay? My wife had always wanted to be a stay-at-home mother. I promised her that. I had to deliver on that, and that was the end of my coaching career. I took, you know, I started two careers in the private sector, um, or I started a new career in addition to the one I already had. When I was coaching, I had a, a job, and I'd coach at night mostly, and then I replaced coaching with another job at night. And that's how I have supported my family for the past seven years now. So for seven years, better part of seven years, I was disconnected from this league. And that time we kept adding <laughs> expansion teams. 
The league kept growing. And again, I am very, very pro pro rel. But that's not an uh, that's not worth that's not an argument that is worth I should that's not a hill worth dying on anymore. I had to open my mind. I had to get older and become more open-minded. I had to start to see things differently. I also, getting in the working world and doing things, being away from the game, I got into business. And as I got back, as I needed back into football, I started podcasting. Started out, the idea was to start with the Park in the Bus podcast. This is my original idea for a podcast. However, my my long-term plan to spin off into Mr. Benfica went in reverse because I wanted to practice. So I started talking about something that was easy for me to talk about, which was the club I watch day in and day out, the club I read up on every single day, and the club whose, <laughs> whose club network I subscribe to, the club who I'm a paid member of, I, I started with that and grew a following there. And the mothership came later. The flagship show came later. Everything was backwards. I get it. But I started to appreciate the business side of the game. I started to realize a lot of the good that's been done in Major League Soccer. And then I saw an, I saw an opening to talk about this league. Now, there again, there are so many podcasts. The majority of them focus on one club. This is very much a league where supporters support their club. Back to my original point. There is that segment of the fan base that supports their club, and they only want to watch their club. They tend to be my age or older, and they are pissed that they're not getting their local television coverage. These people tend to also be fans of, of the other American sports. Okay, these people here in this area are fans. Of, especially, there is a huge overlap of Revolution season ticket holders and Patriots, at least fans. But many of them are season ticket holders to both. Okay, I know for a fact that a number of of good people. Don't get me wrong, good people um, invest a lot of money in the two Foxborough franchises, for example. Those people like the status quo. They like their cable subscription. I don't know how many arguments I've had on uh, online with people who think it's the worst thing in the world to take MLS off of ESPN. Let's be honest. ESPN has not held up its end of the bargain for 27 years. It has put this league in bad time slots. It has better it has more valuable properties. For the league to grow, it had to get out from the the it had to get out from the status it had within ESPN and even with Fox. It's very low on their totem pole. You look at Fox Sports, okay? Number one is the NFL. The NFL is a monster of its own. It, it, you throw it out of the discussion. Nothing in North America is like the NFL. The NFL will keep network television alive for the next hundred years. The other major sports, not so much. They now they rely on regional television. I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but uh, regional sports networks, RSNs, they are going under very quickly. 
Bally Sports, okay, is leaving several Major League Baseball teams without television coverage at the moment. The teams have, I don't know, until a very soon date, a very fast approaching date, to either take back their TV rights and, go, I guess, shop them out again or liquidate those rights from what I'm reading, okay? Major League Soccer would have been hurt very badly. FC Cincinnati, Sporting Kansas City, um, Portland Timbers, Seattle Sounders. I could be misspeaking. I don't think I am. Atlanta United, they all had they all had television partners owned by Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is getting out of regional sports altogether. Okay, they were the parent company. They're getting out altogether. These teams, if not for Apple TV Plus, would be without a home television uh, partner at this point. And I know if you're still listening, you probably want to get to the games and to the coverage. But just a little feedback, a little bit of background on what's going on here. And those fans, I, I, I can argue with till I'm blue in the face. They're, they're ang- they're, a lot of them are season ticket holders and they have a free season pass. They have access to MLS season pass for free as by virtue of being season ticket holders. And they still aren't happy about it. They want local. It's going to take some time, I guess, to get this out of, pe- get people unused to this. This is the best television. It may not be this streaming package. I shouldn't call it television. This streaming package is the best media rights deal MLS could have ever had fall into its lap because Apple is ambitious. Apple is on display. Apple is auditioning to every league in every corner of the world right now, showing how well they can do. There's already reports that they are in the running to get the Pac-12 uh, conference, you know, television package. Because guess what? The legacy media, the ESPNs, the ABCs, the CBSs, the the NBCs, the Foxes are not going to outbid Apple. They don't want to put the type of money in that Apple is willing to to create such a superior product. There's other segments of the fan base. There is, again, where I used to be, the Euro snob. And I don't like that term because it's not a fair it's not a fair term either. If you like European football, that's cool. My problem is not with people that don't like Major League Soccer because they support Man United or because they support Bayern Munich or they support Barcelona. It's when it becomes part of of your identity to trash Major League Soccer when you have not watched it in 10 or 15 years. That segment of the fan base, you're never going to win. So putting these games on ESPN for them so they can watch it or on ESPN Plus because they already subscribe to it, guess what? They're not going to it anyway. You move on from those people, okay? They Maybe they'll come back. Maybe they'll attend a match. I think the best way to get fans to this league is to bring them to the stadium. There is no experience in American sports, 
at least in professional sports. I know college football fans might might beg to differ, and I may see to them on this, but with the exception of that, college football and college basketball, there is no sports experience in North America like a major league soccer game in the right market. No disrespect to New England Revolution, New York City FC, New York Red Bulls, DC United, Chicago Fire. I'm talking about FC Cincinnati. I'm talking about Charlotte FC. I'm talking about Atlanta United. I'm talking about Seattle Sounders, Portland Timbers. Okay. Nashville SC. Okay. There there is Austin FC also in coming this this coming weekend, St. Louis City. There is nothing like an experience at one of these matches. If you've never been to a football match, if you are a mainstream sports fan, if you have a friend, bring them to a match. Put them near the supporters section. Let them just watch the supporters do their thing. It is infectious. Great fans in Toronto and Montreal, by the way, as well. I don't want to leave them out in Kansas City also. It is infectious. There's no experience like it. The best way to grow the fan base is to get people to matches. And that's why the league continues to sell franchises. Other than the, the revenue stream. But that's going to dry up soon. Okay? That may dry up soon. Well, it, it will. I mean, at some point, you can only have so many teams in your league. However, this league is way ahead of the curve on a lot of things. It is in the right markets. Okay? Growing markets like Nashville, Austin. People are moving there. Florida right now, Miami, Orlando. People are moving to these states. Okay? These states, Charlotte is one of the fastest growing metropolitan areas in this country. They're uniting around these teams. In the major sports, they have their their teams back home. They have the teams where they moved from. But in this sport, they're starting over. This is their home team. A generation from now, I think this league is going to be huge. Major League Soccer, or soccer in general, has the youngest audience per median, uh, per age, uh, average age, okay? It's the youngest demographic of the, of the quote-unquote major sports. And yes, it is a major sport. It's a lot like the NHL, in which it's a great product live and in stadium or in arena, struggles on television. When you are on traditional television, you are absolutely kept, you know, chained by ratings and you sell advertising dollars based on ratings. Major League Soccer had the courage and they didn't really have a choice. Okay. They had no choice but to have the courage to take this step with Apple because nobody was putting the money forward to put their product on television because it has not been a good television product for 27 years. Why on night one on on Apple TV Plus, it looks uh, like a million bucks. That's the difference with having the right partner. Apple put 
their heart and soul and their money into this. Okay? Apple and MLS, excuse me. They brought in IMG, the production company, to produce this, and it looked fantastic. 1080p images, okay? Perfect. We didn't have that before. I was watching the Portuguese League. I was watching my club, Benfica, play right before Nashville in New York City. You can't even compare the picture quality of the two matches. Major League Soccer's picture quality was light years better. And then 360 kicks off. I'm ranting. I know I'm getting off the topic. I meant to tell you more about the segments of the fan base. But let's get to, to, to what we saw. All right. Then there's the fans, the diehards that are, you know, my age and younger or a little younger than me that are all in on this like I am. Maybe it's because I read so much about media. Uh, it's so fascinating to me to watch, to, to learn about how media works and how rights fees work and how leagues operate. But this is incredibly exciting time to be a fan of this beautiful game in the United States of America and Canada. For the first time ever in this country, no blackouts. No more regional blackouts. That's done. You can follow your team. My son, who wants to be a Charlotte FC fan living in central Massachusetts, can do that. There is nothing stopping him. He can watch every single Charlotte match every single weekend as if he lived there. He can get all of the weekly programming that the team uploads week after week. Okay, and I think this is uh, an area of the platform that's going to get very good as time goes on every week as if he lives there. He no longer, we don't have, I mean, again, ESPN Plus was fine last year, the last couple of years watching it on there. The problem was you were just getting the broadcast of one of the two regional sports networks that were broadcasting the match. And. It's a much more professional look now, even with the same voices in many cases in the same stadiums. It's the product is just so much better in one night. If, if every night goes like night one, this is going to be the story of the year in sports media. And I'm telling you. The major networks are not liking this. World Soccer Talk tweeted a picture of the difference. They showed a picture of the studio, the, the great studio, 106 in Park, the historic 106 in Park. That's where MLS pa Season Pass Studios are located. Yes, where they used to record that hit show, 106 in Park, before it moved, before Viacom moved it to, I believe they're, they shoot over at CBS Studios or something like that. But that is where MLS Season Pass records, you know, it's it's programming at 106 and Park. They tweeted a side by side, it wasn't a side by side, it was an a you know, it was a half and half picture, top and bottom. On top you had Kalen Kyle, Liam McHugh, uh Sasha Kleschen, and Bradley Wright Phillips at 106 and Park. Below, you had John Strong and Stuart Holden calling the same game at Fox. 
with a shower curtain behind it. Well, the equipment will look like a shower curtain with DoorDash's name on it. It was wrinkled. Christopher Harris, the host and the owner of, of World Soccer Talk, said it looks like it's being recorded in a college dorm room. Fox did not look good this Saturday with their presentation. The good thing, we're going to get into the matches. I know I've gone on and on and on, and I apologize. We're going to get into the matches right in a minute. But the good thing here is that a lot of the people that said this was going to kill the league on Saturday morning, by Sunday morning, said, wow. what a, what a, They said there was, I don't know how many people said that was the most... They've ever engaged in Major League Soccer action, ever. They had never watched, and I don't know that I've ever sat and watched almost six hours of Major League Soccer. If you count the first game, it's actually almost eight hours of, so of Major League Soccer. From 4.30 p.m., like I said, till 1.30 a.m. Minus a 20-minute a drive from my parents' house to my house where I missed countdown. But I was glued to it, and I... Pretty sure I'm going to be glued to it for the next 33 weeks. Okay, so as I said, MLS 360 hosted by Kalen Kyle, Liam McHugh, um, Bradley Wright Phillips, Sasha Kleshin, and then thankfully, or I guess thankfully for Apple and for MLS, because El Trafico was canceled due to the flooding and the rains in L.A., and rescheduled Taylor Twelman, who would have been at the Rose Bowl for that match, was in studio. Whoever made the decision to put him in studio deserves a raise right away on night one because he was the star of the show on MLS 360. It was a very, very fun first night. Yes, it was awkward at first when the first match is kicked off. The 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 crew has their they're being filmed from behind as they're watching giant screens and um. I don't think we're going to see that shot very much more. It didn't seem to work. And every there was a lot of... Um, it, where there was criticism, it was on that. And that they talked too much. I think what it is, is people didn't really know what MLS 360 was going to be. I thought we were going to get the Golasso show like you get on Paramount+. Plus. We got a little bit more of what you see if you watch, for example, on NHL Network. If you, if you tune in on any night when games are going on in different places... It kind of was more like that. You have the studio talking, and then they, you know, look in to not necessarily live, but look in to the matches. It wasn't the wraparound that we see, like I said, with the Golasso show or the Goal Zone on Paramount Plus. It was a little bit different, and it had commercials, which a lot of people were upset about. But I'm okay with. I'm actually okay. That's a show where I can live with commercials because you'll just see the goals when you come back. And you're not sitting and watching the whole match from start to finish live. So it really makes no difference, okay? I guess if you have your phone up with FOTMOB open or with SofaScore open and you're getting alerted every time there's a goal, that's different. But having streamed matches for the last almost 10 years since I cut the, the cable cord, since I cut the cord on cable, I've gotten used to shutting those apps off anyway because I've been streaming and they are alerting me of goals sometimes a minute or even two minutes before it happens on screen. Maybe everyone was not quite used to that and people did just want to watch the games. But you know what? If you want to watch the games, just put it on. It's just it's right there. 
you can. Fl it was very much easier than ESPN Plus to switch between games. One back button, one right or left. It doesn't take you back to an ESPN main screen where you've got to scroll through the the college football, the college lacrosse, the whatever, you know, all the, the cornhole, all the other sports that they put there before you find the other MLS games. You didn't have to do that. They're all right there. And what I think 360 will do is if they keep going to a game, you're going to say, hey, I'm going to go watch that game. I did that. I watched several different games throughout the night. I kept one screen on 360, and with the other, I went and watched matches. And I think that's how I recommend watching this. And I think it's a fantastic product if you do it that way. All right, so those were the five in studio. I think as the night went on, they got better and better. Okay, for a first night, it was good. Some aspects were awkward, but the show gained momentum as it went on, like I said. And I think that it's it's maybe not the whip around show we thought, at least not yet. We'll see how the show evolves naturally and what it organically turns into. I think it's going to be, this is a game changer, though. This is how you get people to watch the league. The biggest problem, and, and Taylor Twelman said this, was last year there were 66 different start times to MLS games. 66 different start times last season. That is no longer the case. This was so digestible. This was incredibly digestible. You could sit there and just and consume it. And I have to tip my hat to all of these people that worked very, very hard on this show, they did a hell of a job for night one. No, it wasn't perfect. They're not going to tell you it's perfect. No one should have expected it to be perfect. Nothing runs, you know, perfect on night one. I thought this was phenomenal. Maybe my expectations were low, but I thought it was phenomenal. Like I said, it reminds me of watching the NHL Network or even the NFL Network when games are on. Okay. Um, it, 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 resembles NFL Network during Sundays more than it does Red Zone. Okay, I think people were expecting Red Zone when they tuned into this. Um, again, commercials didn't bother me on the 360 format. Obviously, if you're watching a live match, you don't want commercials. Some people have forgotten what it's like to have commercials in soccer because it's been so long. But in a lot of the research and a lot of the work I'm doing for the, the Birth of a Soccer Nation podcast, reviewing all these old NASL games that are on YouTube. It, it, it is hilarious and almost nostalgic to be watching a game and suddenly oh, it's a 1975 commercial. It's enjoyable though. But anyway, yeah, we're not used to that anymore. I get it. But that is the place where you can sell some advertising. Go for it. Moving on. Uh, the picture quality, again, 1080p, fantastic. Screen looked wonderfully clean okay it was an incredibly clean I, some people thought it was a boring black and white i thought it was an incredibly professional and clean black and white black bar with the team colors on the end of their names and uh small that was the score bug in the left corner top left corner with the clock and the score top right corner small apple symbol i thought it looked fantastic apple is definitely committed to this I had no issues with any of the match commentary. I heard some people had some issues. I have not yet experimented with local radio feed. It's not something I'm really that interested in. Again, the local aspect of this doesn't appeal to me. So this is probably why some of every 
some of these concerns longtime fans have don't really make sense to me. Um, I guess I'm just not attached to an RSN, to a local RSN. Even in American sports, if I watch the Celtics, I could care less if it's on, you know, if it's on Comcast New England or if it's on TNT or if it's on ESPN. I'm watching the Celtics. I don't, I don't have this attachment to Mike Gorman and to Brian Scalabrini, the, 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 the broadcast team for them. I want to see the game. <laughs> but I, I get some people have that attachment, but that that was basically how it worked. So in the coming weeks, I will play around with the local radio feeds. I heard that there were some sync issues for people that were trying to sync their local radio feed to the TV um, or to the to the stream, excuse me. And I haven't played around with the Spanish feeds. Uh, next week, I think I'm going to take in one entire match in Spanish and um, give my thoughts on that in next week's episode. Then. MLS wrap-up came on at 1 a.m., 22-minute episode. And I thought this was the perfect nightcap to cap off a great day. Hosted by Jillian Sekovitz, I believe is how you pronounce her name. Uh, she replaced Kaylin Kyle, who quite honestly worked her ass off <laughs> for the previous uh, four and a half, five hours. Um, and she was joined by Taylor Twelman also and Andrew Wiebe and Nigel Rio Coker. Nigel Rio Coker, of course, the former West Ham's player and who played here in Major League Soccer at the tail end of his career. And for those that don't know, Andrew Wiebe is a fantastic podcaster. He is an encyclopedia of Major League Soccer. He hosts MLS Extra Time. It's a podcast. It's now available on Apple TV Plus as well as part of Season Pass. You can also watch the podcast there. I heard some people who have never heard of him, and I'm realizing again that there is a there is a segment of this fan base who is still married to linear legacy media, and they've never heard of Andrew Weeby and thought he didn't know anything. The man knows everything about Major League Soccer. Um, if you don't know who he is, you have to you have to get with it. It's 2023. I'm sorry, I have. Little understanding, little patience for people who couldn't, who just have this hostility and this this resistance to this new, better platform. And I've heard people telling me that their their fathers and their uncles are calling them, saying, "Where's the game? I can't find it anywhere on the TV." And and even looking in the MLS fan groups on Facebook, how many people who call themselves MLS fans? On night one, were shocked to find they couldn't find the game on TV. They said, how do I watch it without subscribing to Apple? I said, you subscribe to Apple. <laughs> it's that simple. Again, I'm using Android devices, and I had no issues with this. I don't understand the, the reason why people were having issues. But anyway, the three of them did a little roundtable. It was a nice little, it was like your World Cup tonight that Fox puts on with Kate Abdo at the end of the, the night at the World Cup. She did it this this uh, past World Cup with, let me see if I remember, with Sasha Kleschen and with Chad Ochocinco. And I think uh, somebody else popped in from time to time. But it's the same idea. They sit on the couch. They sit on the, the you know studio chairs and discuss the games. They talk about what was the big stories. And, um, well, I thought they did great. Um, it was exactly what it needed to be, in my opinion. All right, we're almost we are over an hour through the show. I apologize. Um let's run down the results, okay? We'll start in order. 
the early match, Nashville, 2-0 winners over NYFC, NYCFC, excuse me, New York City Football Club, Walker Zimmerman, and Jacob Schaffelberg with the goals in this one. Beautiful assist from Hani uh, Mukhtar, the reigning MLS MVP. Uh, a substitute performance came off the bench and got an assist within 15 minutes of play. Uh, moving to the nightcap, Atlanta United and my man Tiago Almada. What a night. Uh, they play like crap. Let's be honest. They were not good. They were all played by San Jose in many aspects. Luis Araujo. Miss, uh, actually, sorry, Luis Araujo. He's Brazilian, I believe. I'm double-checking his nationality so I pronounce his name correctly. Uh, he is Brazilian, so it's Luis Araujo. Misses the penalty kick. He's a DP. He misses the penalty kick. Not a good start for him to the season. But um, San Jose take the lead early. Uh, it is Jeremy Ebobise, excuse me, on an assist from Christian Espinosa in the 12th minute. Puts the Quakes ahead. And it looked like they were going to take it until my man, Thiago Almada, comes out of nowhere in stoppage time. Only the fourth player in league history, if I remember correctly, to score a match tying and match winning goal. Both in stoppage time. 90 plus three. He scores an absolute rocket that for me was probably the goal of the week. And then he finishes it off uh, six minutes later. Atlanta United kind of steal three points in front of a huge crowd of 64,000 at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Speaking of huge crowds, we're going to Charlotte Bank of America Stadium. Charlotte FC hosting New England Revolution. Uh, Charlotte looked good in the first half. They were moving the ball well. They were getting some opportunities. New England tightened it up. Uh, typical Bruce Arena side. Just very, very, uh, very disciplined, defended well, waited for their opportunity, and it came in the 89th minute, really, and when this game seemed destined to be a nil-nil, it came in the 89th minute, it was uh, a ball played in, it was played in by, let's see here, I'm reliving it here, the ball was played in by the the Revs uh, right back, and his name is in front of me, The Re it was Brandon By playing the ball in, and it was a nice ball along the ground. Um, the Charlotte FC uh, center back, Bill Pony Tulioma, sorry for that pronunciation, uh, the New Zealand international, he, he slides to try to clear it. And somehow, rather than clearing it, he leaves it right like just a couple feet away from him. Uh, coming in is Henry Kessler hard-charging center back who had made a run up the pitch, and he hammers it, beating Sasania to the near post. The Revs steal three points on the road in front of 69,000. Let me give you the official number. This was the highest attendance of the week. It may end up being the highest attendance until we get to that July 4th makeup game uh, at the Rose Bowl. 69,345. But they didn't get to celebrate a goal. They did have a beautiful moving um, tribute to to Anton Walks, as many Major League Soccer fans know, passed away last month um, suddenly in a boating accident during preseason or just before preseason. And they had a they they did a beautiful tribute to him. 
lighting the stadium up in blue and raising, you know, having the number five everywhere, his number. And um, this is something that's going to be there with, with Charlotte FC all season. I'm disappointed with Charlotte. Um, I expect a big jump from them this year. I And I thought they, they played well enough, but just couldn't get the good opportunities. They nearly did equalize, though. They nearly equalized after surrendering in stoppage time. Uh, they had one go off the post. Enzo Sepeti, the the big, or Enzo Copetti, excuse me, the big Argentine DP signing in the offseason was looking for a pen. He's not going to get that in MLS. He's going to need to learn what is and what isn't a penalty here in Major League Soccer here in the United States. But uh, he he uh, he didn't. He kind of underwhelmed for me a little bit. I'm expecting more from him, but I'm sure as the season goes on. Um, I expect Charlotte to to improve. Um, for New England, three three points on the road is always a good thing. Three points on the road in front of sixty nine thousand is phenomenal. Uh, they're going to be ecstatic with that start. I know all their fans are ecstatic. I expect New England to be back in the playoffs this year. I think last year was a little bit of a hiccup. Um, I think they're going to be a typical Bruce Arena team, and those teams do well in this league. Moving on. Moving just a little bit north of Charlotte, we go to Audi Field, and it is DC United, the team picked by so many to be last this year. Uh, all the betting sites have Wayne Rooney as the odds-on favorite to be the first manager sacked. Well, uh, someone forgot to tell DC United that. As uh, Mateus Klitsch puts DC United ahead in the 13th minute, um, Lorenzo Insigne, the star of Toronto FC, injures himself in the 34th minute. And this is not good. This is the face of your franchise going off injured 34 minutes in. And um, uh, we just hope it's for their sake, for the league's sake, that this is not an injury-hampered year uh, for Lorenzo Insigne. This is your marquee guy in Toronto in one of your marquee markets. Uh, you need you need a big season from him. You need a Sebastian Jovinko type season from him, so that Toronto is in the mix when all is said and done. In the 66th, though, the other Italian Federico Bernadeschi would pull TFC level from the penalty spot, and then we would get Mark Anthony K putting Toronto FC ahead. 83rd minute, they looked set to take their three points and to get what they ex they all expected from this opening match uh opening of course on the road at DC United but then in a stoppage time Christian Benteke yes you know him from his time at Crystal Palace he levels the match in the 90th plus 2 uh he gets an it's a header in the bottom right corner with the cross he had been set up by Theodore Kupiech, DiPietro, excuse me. Remember that name because just a few minutes later, 90th plus 8, it is him. It is Theodore Pietro with the right-footed shot from the center of the box into the top left corner, assisted by Mohanad Jahazi with a cross. DC United steal three points at the depth. And their fans are psyched. It's been a long time for DC United. Maybe it's just a one-night fluke. Maybe they turn things around this season. In Cincinnati, FCC takes on the Houston Dynamo, a new-look Houston Dynamo for their new manager, Ben Olsen. And 
It was not the opening match that FC Cincinnati would have wanted. Again, this is one of the teams I have a particular affinity for, FC Cincinnati, having visited last year and really been been uh, won over by the by the atmosphere and by the by just how big they are in their city. Sergio Santos put them ahead in the 19th minute, but then Tate Schmidt would level just before halftime on a beautiful assist from Hector Herrera, the former Atletico Madrid man, taking the corner and putting it right to Tate Schmidt, who heads it in to the far post. 1-1 at halftime. Come out for the second half in Obina Nuobodo. Sorry for that pronunciation. Again, I will get this down as the season goes on. Obina Nuobodo would make it 2-1 to FC Cincinnati. It was not pretty, but it is three points to the home side. And there are big hopes for FC Cincinnati this year. In Miami, Inter-Miami taking on Montreal Club Foot, as they like to call themselves. I still want to call them the Impact. Uh, good start to the season for for the Florida side. Sergey Khrushchev is the first goal scorer of the season for them in their all-pink kits. Uh, assisted by Gregoire, 1-0. They go into halftime 1-0. And then Shander Borglin makes it 2-0 in the 76th. And it's kind of a rebuilding year for Montreal. They... Uh, Lost their manager, Wilfried Nancy, to Columbus Crew in the offseason due to problems, you know, between him and the and the Saputos, the owner, Joey Saputo. Um, however, possession tipped in the favor of, of Montreal, but the expected goals go to Inter-Miami. In the end, it's Inter-Miami 2, CF Montreal 0. Orlando City beat New York Red Bulls 1-0. In Orlando, Pedro Galese uh, was the man of the match in this one, according to Fatma with a 7.9 rating. The goal came from the penalty spot for Facundo Torres. That's all it would separate the two sides. Three points to the Lions from Orlando City. My strong team in this league, uh, I'm not going to spoil the power rankings for Friday, but you know they'll be pretty high up there. It's Philadelphia Union in front of 18,000 in freezing cold Philadelphia or in Chester, Pennsylvania to be exact. Philadelphia, close enough. Uh, they would actually start out on the wrong side of the result here against the Columbus Crew. Uh, Jacob Glesnes with an own goal in the 28th minute puts... The, the union behind debuting their new uh, white and yellow or cream uh, kits. I think those were the away kits, but a lot of teams debuted their road kits this this weekend and um, didn't look good. It, I mean, I shouldn't say it didn't look good because Philly played what, you know, the way Philly plays. They didn't, it's not about possessing. It's about getting out fast. It's about countering. It's about creating lots of chances and scoring lots of goals. And in the 45th plus three, Daniel Gazdag, the Hungarian, hammers one in from the penalty spot. 52nd minion, Julian Carranza scores on an assist from Alejandro Bedoya, the ageless Alejandro Bedoya. Then Gazdag again from the penalty spot uh, in the 72nd. And in the 80th, it's closed off by Carranza. Two goals to each of these guys. 4-1 is your final from Subaru Park. 
Q2 Stadium in Austin is the site for Austin FC versus St. Louis City. The first ever match for St. Louis City in its existence. Uh, this was a good one. This one I ended. This is the one I ended up putting on. Uh, thanks to watching MLS 360, I swapped to this one to watch the live second half of it. Started off uh, with a little bit of a surprise. Tim Parker gets a goal on an assist from Edward Lowen and puts the visitors ahead. He has the distinction forevermore of having scored the first ever St. Louis City goal. Just before halftime, 45 plus four, Sebastian Driussi, a MVP candidate, one of really the face of this, this club, uh, the Uruguayan scores here. And levels just before halftime on an assist from Leo Vassanen. In the second half, it looked like Austin were going to take control. John Gallagher scores on an assist from my boy Diego Fagundes, the local kid here in central Massachusetts. Uh, I've said before, I had the honor of watching him play as young as at 11 years old when I saw him play at a facility I used to work at. Came up through the Revolution Youth Academy. Now really coming into himself as a, a star, in my opinion. Really becoming a marquee guy in this Austin FC team. Picks up an assist here. And it looked like it looked like Austin were headed for the three points. But then in minute 78, Jared Stroud with a bit of a controversial goal. Um, <laughs> it seems like he uh, he he was a Austin FC player last year, and uh, he was hanging out, you know, um, behind the play and really took advantage of Austin FC's young, young player. And I'm looking for his name now. Again, his name is escaping me. Give me a moment. It was, it was Kip Keller. That's who it was. Okay, so uh, for his former teammate, Kip Keller, and Kip Keller makes a horrible. Uh, Mistake here that leads to a, a goal for Jake Stroud. Jake Stroud hanging out way behind the defensive line. Calls for the ball when when Keller is under under uh, pressure. Keller turns around and passes it to him. The word is that he, he called for the ball because he's a familiar voice. Horrible mistake for Cade Keller. And Stroud finishes 2-2. And then Keller would again be... Would again be the subject of uh, some poor defending or just overcommitting, trying to make up for his error, most likely, uh, in the final minutes as he tries to tries to slide in. And João Klaus, the Brazilian striker for St. Louis City, uh, fakes the shot, cuts back, gains some more uh, territory or gains a better positioning, and is able to beat the goalkeeper and w essentially win the match for St. Louis City at that point. He scores. He literally collapses, uh, goes out injured, actually, after this play. And uh, not before, though, getting all three points for St. Louis City. They'll be at home next week against Charlotte FC to open their brand-new stadium. A upset there. Um, staying in Texas, it's FC Dallas hosting Minnesota United in front of a healthy crowd in Dallas. They're excited for their season, perhaps, but Minder Garcia's 48th minute goal is all that separates these. Minnesota United goes into to Toyota Park and is that the name of the stadium? 
these stadiums change name every year. Let me make sure I get it right. Toyota Stadium, excuse me, and in Frisco. And Minnesota United takes all three points. And then in the late nightcap up in BC on some, everyone noticed, horrible turf. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps lose 2-1 to one to Real Salt Lake. And uh, three points for for RSL in this one. Uh, Sunday's match is now, oh, one match on Sunday, I should say. And it was the return of the Seattle Sounders, we all know. 30,000 in the house in uh, in Seattle. And Christian Roldan, Jordan Morris, and the new signing from New York City FC, Bear would be the goal scorers on the night. Two for Morris, one for Roldan, one for Bear. 4-0 to Seattle Sounders. They win. They really um, put... Colorado Rapids behind the eight ball here. Uh, they will take a lead in the West on goal difference after this convincing victory. And then last night, Monday night, the final match of the opening weekend. This one was postponed due to a snowstorm on Saturday. They played it last night. They still had 22,000 at Providence Park. And it was the Portland Timbers needing only a six-minute goal from Juan Mosquera, assisted by Jimmy Chara. 1-0 is your final result. Portland Timbers over Sporting Kansas City. And uh, that is match day one in Major League Soccer. Uh, my early thoughts, the big stories for me, Philly and Seattle out front, uh, dominant. Uh, St. Louis winning is also a big, big story. No one, Everyone's picking them. To be at the bottom of the Western Conference this year. They start out just the right way. Uh, my disappointments were Charlotte, Toronto, and Columbus. Um, expected more from those teams. Tiago Almada, for me, probably the player of the week. I don't know what you think. Tweet at me, at Mike Agostino, at M-I-K-E-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-H-O. Um, moving on from that, that, that really recaps uh, match day one, like I said. Great job by by Apple TV Plus, and I do believe in the weeks going forward, this segment will be a bit shorter. Um, we're going to go around the world really, really quick. I was going to go through tables and results. I'm going to skip that for this week due to uh, time constraints. If you're still listening, thank you. Uh, just the key points around the world this week. United, Manchester United winning the League Cup in England despite uh, an invasion of Newcastle United supporters on London. Um, even as a kind of still um, disgruntled United fan, I feel for Newcastle United in this one. It's been so long since they won anything, and they have such a good fan base. I... I um, Wish that it had been a little bit better of a day for them. Um, they're still in the very early pieces of a project. Still building, still putting the building blocks in. Um, I'm sure they are going to win trophies in the very near future. But uh, this is big for United. First trophy in six years. Um, one they definitely took for granted six years ago when Jose Mourinho won the League Cup for them and won the Europa League. Little did they know that it would be this long before they win. Um, Marcus Rashford just on incredible form right now. Absolutely incredible form. Um, 
I don't know that I've ever seen him like this. We'll see how long it lasts. Let's see how high United can get this year. Um, I am still not convinced they're a title contender. I, I'm going to stick by that. I still don't think they have enough there to win a title this year or next year. Um, there's still a lot of pieces that need to be moved around and that need to be brought in. Staying in England, everyone's favorite British club, if you're living in America. It's America's club, if you will, Wrexham AFC. Yes, I'm going to talk about them and MLS in the same podcast. I can't believe, I'm just sick of, of this either or mentality that everyone has, that you can't like both. Wrexham went 3-1 to one over uh, Dorking Wanderers. Notts County lose 2-1 to one to Dagen, Dagleton and Redbridge. Uh, Dagleton and Redbridge, yeah, that's what it's called. Um, and then today, earlier today, Wrexham won again against Chesterfield. And now Wrexham, AFC, are leaders in the National League. They now pull one point ahead of Knotts County, and they still have a match in hand. Um, Arsenal return to the top of the table in the Premier League. Chelsea continue to slide. That's all you need to remember. Uh, It's a a nightmare for Chelsea right now. I feel for Grant Potter in a way. Uh, He's in a no-win situation. I think Todd Bowley's an absolute clown. And um, keep spending half a billion, more than half a billion pounds in the transfer window. And keep finishing in the bottom half of the table. I'm all for it. (laughs) La Liga. Barcelona finally lose. They lose 1-0 to to Almeria, while Real Madrid can only muster a draw against their city rivals, Atleti. Uh, Anyhow, Real Madrid reduces the lead from 8 to 7 points atop La Liga, Bundesliga. They're at it again. Bayern, just when you think Bayern are going to get caught. Uh, big match on on Sunday, excuse me, against Union Berlin in the snow. And there was no doubt. Bayern win 3-0. And go back top of Bundesliga. And now we'll see how long can Dortmund actually chase them for. These things tend to happen. And then they meet. And Bayern wins 5-0 or something like that. It's happened so many times in recent years. And in Serie A, nobody is catching Napoli. Uh, The race for second, third, and fourth, however, is going to be epic this season. with, uh, With AC Milan, Inter Milan, Roma, Lazio all in the picture. And um, I actually have the Serie A table in front of me right now as uh, Atalanta also only a few points back from Lazio. Right now it's Napoli with 65, Inter with 47, AC Milan with 47, Lazio with 45, Roma with 44, Atalanta with 41. And then in seventh already, it's Juventus with 35. As you know, they were ducked 15 points just a few weeks ago. I was going to talk UEFA results uh, in the UEFA Conference League and Europa League. I'm going to skip that. Uh, We'll catch up to that um, at a later date. Uh, The round of 16 is set, and um, the second legs of the round of 16 UEFA Champions League are about 10 days away now. Or actually, this being Tuesday, they start a week from today. So we'll catch back up with European football very soon. Copa Sudamericana. Uh, leg one of their, sorry, not Copa Sudamericana. Let me speak again. Recopa Sudamericana, the South American Super Cup, if you will. The winners of the Copa Sudamericana versus the winners of the Copa Libertadores. Um, first leg a week ago, Independiente del Valle win 1-0 over Flamengo in Ecuador. 
second leg is going on right now um, in Rio at the Maracanã. Next week, I will update you on who won the Recopa Sudamericana. And, my friends, that is going to do it for this season premiere of the Park in the Bus podcast. I'm the Mr. Mike Agostinho. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends. Share it on social media. Give it a five-star rating. Please don't give it a one-star rating. If you don't like it, just please kindly move on. Um, only other thing, check out www.parkinthebusmedia.com. You can listen to the show there as well. And um, like I said, I very soon I will be starting to post write, written content. Also, I will have the MLS Team of the Week according to SofaScore so long as they produce that. I will have that up um, probably by the time you listen to this. I will have that up on the website there. So every week I'll be posting there or sharing SofaScore's MLS Team of the Week. And again, I'll see you Friday uh, or you'll hear from me Friday with the Power Rankings Top 10 for Major League Soccer for this season. And lots more coming your way this season here on the Park in the Bus uh, podcast feed. Uh, again, make sure you you subscribe um, and rate the show on Spotify or on Apple, preferably. Um, CastBox listeners, for some reason, it takes a long time for these podcasts to be up on CastBox. I don't know why. That's the, po- the podcast platform I typically use to listen. Um, but... Now that this is an Anchor-produced podcast, as you know, uh, Anchor now is Anchor by Spotify. This is up on Spotify almost instantly. Uh, so go ahead and, and and subscribe on Spotify if that's what you use. Uh, that's where you'll get it the quickest. Thank you for sticking with me through this entire episode. I know it ran very long. I will be back next week. This is The recording schedule goes as follows. It's going to be my Monday morning job is going to be recording this podcast on Monday mornings going forward. I waited till Tuesday this week because we had a Monday night game going forward. Monday mornings, I will record at some point Monday. It'll be in your podcast players. Thank you again. Don't forget to follow the show in the network on Instagram and on Twitter at PTB underscore media. I'm going to try to start to build up those two accounts this season as well. Here we go. It's the beginning. It's it's night one. Just like for for Apple uh, season pass, it's night one of many, and we got a long season ahead of us, and I look forward to going on the ride with you all season here on the Parking the Bus podcast. I'll see you next time, and uh, I'll have more updates next time as well. Take it easy, everybody.